0: Welcome to this series from Resurrection Life Church in Granville, Michigan.
1: I was trying to decide, shall I tell them sit down
0: or stay standing up? But here's
1: what you can do. You can sit down, but stand up on the inside. You've got to be standing up on the inside because we're going to pray together. We're going to do some praying corporately. And, and um, unless you need to lie flat on your face, I find if I lie flat on my face, I go to sleep. So, um... My best position praying is actually walking. I love just, and the faster I walk, the harder I pray, and I just have to keep moving. But um, so I'm just, we're going to agree and pray about some things, and um, we're going to have the words up on the screen so you can um, pray with me, but also we'll have it on our website, on the Facebook, um, I think on U version too. So you, whatever those places are online that you can... Um, Grab hold. You can uh, download and make copies and pray yourself. I have really found out that that if if I just pray um, off the top of my head, like what I feel like, then sometimes I'm complaining, and sometimes I'm um, uh, forgetting what I'm supposed to be agreeing about. Um, you know, and I just. So for me, I write it down. And when I'm in the Word and I see something that's God's will for my family, for me, for the church, for our nation, I write it down and set it before me so that I can pray consistently and not just wander aimlessly according to my feelings and my ups and downs. And it, it you know, the Spirit of God has such a powerful words. God's words to say and he wants us to come to him and he wants us to ask him what to pray how to pray in isaiah 45 11, it says ask me of things to come concerning my sons and concerning the work of my hands you command me and from the concordance the word hands there literally means my open hand of power provision and direction god wants us to ask him what his plan is and then concerning that plan God wants us to speak it. He wants uh, us to ask him that plan. And concerning the God force that is needed to bring that plan to pass, he wants us to command him. And the word command there meant to to put it in motion, to set it in order, or to give a charge. And so it just gave to me that picture of we're not bossing God around and telling what he has to do because we figured it out but it is applying his will with the words of our mouth, enabling him to confirm it, kind of like completing a, a connection, like a charge, like the spark in an electrical circuit, that it, it completes the connection. And so that is what we're going to do. Oh, it's kind of a long introduction. but um, So I just want to pray. I, t- I took Psalm 46, and let's start with that. And Father, we come before you, We thank you, you are our refuge and strength. You are our very present help in trouble. No matter what happens around us, God, though the earth we stand on that seems so stable and secure right now, though it trembles and shakes or moves, we will not fear. We thank you, there is a river of life-giving water whose streams bring joy to the holy place where you dwell and we are your dwelling place. You bought us with a price, and it's no longer we who live, but Christ lives in us, and by faith we live in him, in the Son of God who loved each of us and gave himself for us. Oh, God, thank you for being in our midst. We will not fall nor be moved because you help us. At the break of day when morning dawns, your mercies are new every morning, your love and compassion never fails. Great is your faithfulness. We worship you, and we thank you for that. God, nations, and our families are little nations. And though they be in an uproar and kingdoms fall, but at your voice, the earth melts. You are with us. You are our refuge. You calm the waves. You make wars cease. You destroy the weapons of our enemies. You heal the sick. You free the captives. You execute justice for the oppressed. You give food to the hungry, freedom to prisoners. You raise those who are bowed down and open the eyes of the blind. Oh God, you love and you watch over the fatherless, the widows and the lonely. You heal the brokenhearted. You bind up their wounds. You lift up the humble and you cast the wicked down down oh we thank you God and we praise you and we worship you we look to you to strengthen the bars of our gates to bless our children to make peace in our borders and to fill us with the best provisions and we thank you for that now declare out loud with me God almighty the Lord of hosts you are with me I will draw near to you and behold your works You are my fortress, my stronghold, my refuge. You are my healer, my hope, my deliverer. You are my provider. You are my source of wisdom. You not only lead me in the victory Christ won for me, but also through me you spread the fragrance of the knowledge of you in every place. I will be still, I will calm down, cease striving, and acknowledge that you are God. You will be exalted among the nations. You will be exalted in me. Be exalted in my relationships, in my marriage or marriage-to-be, in our home and among each of our children and their families. You will be exalted in this, your church. Yes, you, the Lord Almighty, will be exalted in the earth. Amen. Do I still have a minute or do I wind down? Okay, one more minute. Let's pray for the men in our church. Um I know this covers, and I just say amen for all the women, but I like to focus on on the the men of God. So right now, we lift up the men, God. We thank you for them. Thank you. And this is from Psalm 18, basically, mostly. (laughs) Thank you, God, for reaching down from on high and taking hold of the mighty men in our congregation, God, our husbands, our fathers, and our sons. You are the one who is faithfully there to draw them out of deep waters. You're the one who delivers these men from every strong enemy. God, whenever they're confronted by things too difficult for them to resolve, you are their support. And we thank you for that, God. Thank you for bringing them out into a broad place, for delivering them because you delight in them. God, reward our men according to Christ's righteousness. We thank you that each of them are forgiven and they're cleansed. And in Christ, our mighty men are blessed We pray that they will follow the ways of the Lord, that they will keep your word in their heart and they will flee from sin. I pray they will experience your mercy and be merciful to others. Oh God, may our men receive the cleansing of your blood that is provided for them so that they may walk blameless and pure as you are. God, thank you today for lighting their lamps, enlightening their darkness, enabling them to run through a troop and leap over a wall. You are their shield to them as they trust in you each day. God, it is you who arms each man with strength and makes their way perfect. It is you who makes their feet like the feet of a deer. You set our men on high places. You show them who the true enemy is and you teach their hands to make war against the devil. You strengthen their arms to bend the bow to bring down the enemy. And we thank you for giving our men the shield of your salvation and holding them up with your right hand and with your gentleness making them great, enlarging their paths so their feet won't sleep. Slip on God, you arm them with strength for the battles they face. You subdue under them every enemy who rises up against your will being done in their lives and through them. You deliver each of the men. You deliver their families and their children from every attack on peace and order in their home. God, we ask you to enable them to be the wise leader in the homes and in the places you put them in charge of to lead. It is you, God, who makes things right in their life, who brings correction, who brings balance and order. And we thank you for delivering our men from their enemies, lifting them high above every foe, and showing your unfailing kindness and great victories to them today. In Jesus' name, amen. So be it.
0: Hey, would you be seated for a few minutes? I'm going to teach... This is kind of like a sandwich. She's the bread, I'm the meat, and she's coming back up with more bread in a little bit. We're going to pray some more. And, uh, you know, what Jeannie was talking about, uh, until about 250 years ago, all Christians prayed with prayer books. How many of you knew that? Oh, you listen to me. Um, the impromptu prayers that most of us pray are really a very new thing in Christianity. For the most part, prayers uh, have been in a prayer book. Uh, you go to a Jewish synagogue, and uh, we, we've been several times. We, we love to go, especially in Israel, right? Because uh, I, I remember the first time I, I went, I had Pastor Joe with me, and uh, we, were, we were having a Shabbat dinner with an Orthodox Jewish family, and they took us to synagogue, and, and I thought it was just going to be boring, all right? Well, well, the first thing that we noticed, they sat us down, and there's an, there's an M16 under the chairs right in front of us, and a, about a three-year-old kid playing with it. <laughs> and uh, we look, we're, we're looking, and I mean, like every guy in the place has got a, a Jericho pistol or a, a, a rifle over his shoulder, and uh, 80% of the service was prayer. And it was praying psalms. Just praying the psalms. Everybody together praying the psalms. Um, And Christians, you know, if you've come from, uh, for example, a a Methodist background with with John Wesley, John and Charles Wesley, Uh, the Wesleyans had a prayer book. Every, every, Every Christian group had a prayer book to help Christians pray so that we wouldn't, like Jeannie said, Kind of forget what we were doing, um, but you could you could p- use that prayer book to pray, and uh, I think there's no better prayer book than the Bible. There's all kinds of prayers, great, powerful prayers in the Bible, and uh, I wanted to look at at just a few. Um, actually, we're just going to probably look at one prayer today. I wanted to look at the book of Nehemiah for just maybe ten or fifteen minutes. Now, Nehemiah. He's not a prophet. Uh, he's not a preacher. He's not a king. He is a politician. In fact, um, the Bible says he's the, he's the cupbearer, but a cupbearer was more like a prime minister, all right? Uh, he was the, we could say he was he was the prime minister's number one assistant. Right? So he didn't just run around with a cup. He was a very, very important man. Now in the book of Nehemiah, Nehemiah goes to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. They've been broken down for, for years. And in this book, this politician, remember, this is not a priest or a prophet. This is, this is, this is a politician. He prays nine different prayers. Nine times we, we find him praying. Uh, every time there's a problem, this guy's praying. right? And uh, you can really look here and find out when to pray, why to pray, and uh, how to pray. Right? Learning from Nehemiah. Right? And, and the first thing that we learn from Nehemiah is pray before you do anything else. Right? The, the, the book starts out, someone comes from Jerusalem and tells him, the walls are broken down. He said, and the people are depressed and things are terrible. And the Bible says, well, so it was when I heard these words that I sat down and wept. And I mourned for many days. I was fasting and praying before the God of heaven. So first thing, he hears this bad news and he prays and he says many days. It's about four months. If you look at the calendar that he's praying about this situation for about four months. You know, we we feel like if we pray four days about something, you know, we've like worn God out and ourselves out. But he's praying for four months about it. Right. And here's what leaders do. Leaders. Make prayer a number one priority. Losers make prayer a last resort. How many have ever heard this phrase? All we can do is pray. I mean, we're down to prayer. (laughs) It couldn't be any worse than this, right? But but, uh, leaders, pray first, all right? Sometimes we think we're too busy to pray, but the truth is, when you pray, God adds time to your day it was the number one thing that Nehemiah did now he was a man of action but he didn't act until he had a plan from God now prayer shows our dependence on God we're acknowledging God we need your wisdom we need your help we know we can't handle it and as someone has said prayerlessness is the height of pride the reason we don't pray is because we believe we can handle it ourselves You know, when we pray, it lightens our load, right? Um, He didn't just cry and get depressed. No, he prayed. He prayed about it. And, of course, it says this in Philippians, be anxious for nothing but pray about everything. Pray about your family, about your spouse, your kids, your school, your job, uh, about your finances, your boss, your vacation, a meeting you're going to have for lunch, about forgiving. Jesus said, every time you pray, forgive. Pray for your enemies. Pray about problems. Pray for your health, your plans, your fears. But everything, pray about everything. David said, whenever I'm afraid, I trust in you. I go to prayer. Of course, Psalm 55, cast your burdens on the Lord and he will sustain you. He shall never permit the righteous to be moved. And that was Nehemiah. In fact, Nehemiah's name means the Lord is my comfort. Right. So he's broken hearted over Jerusalem and he's praying. And uh, because of his deep concern. Right. And again, remember this James five, the heartfelt continued prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous power available, dynamic in its working. Right. Leaders take their concerns to the Lord. Right? Those who wait on the Lord will renew their strength. And leaders find their strength on their knees. Right? Now, in 2 Timothy, I just want to just share just a little thought here because we're talking about this. Paul's praying, and Paul says, I remember you in my prayers night and day. Now, that, that word there, remember, it, it, it means to Make a headstone or a monument. Right? And what he's saying, he says, is I keep praying and I keep praying. He said about this situation, it's like there is a monument or a headstone that's coming up in God's presence. Right. So that we take our needs before God, the needs of others before God, our desires before God, and we keep coming back. He said, he said, I remember you in my prayers. Night, night and day he just keeps praying keep praying keep praying keep praying say nothing's happened keep praying keep praying that monument that headstone it's being built up before god and because we don't see something happening does not mean there is nothing happening you take a look at joseph he's in prison it looks like there is nothing happening but the truth is god is positioning him and there is going to be a breakthrough right and prayer releases the power of God in our lives and into our situations. Prayer connects us to God. It taps us into God's resources that we aren't going to have without prayer. Right? Um, how should I pray? You know, Selfish prayers reveal a selfish spirit. Impressive, sp- impressive prayers reveal an arrogant spirit. Right? But we, we want to pray, like, like Nehemiah did, he prayed sincerely. He prayed for a long period of time, and then he has the, the prayer is recorded in Nehemiah chapter one verses five through 11. and he prays, and I just want to take a moment and just mention a couple of things about his prayer. right What he did was he based his request on God's character. That's what he did. He didn't, he didn't just say, "This is what I want," but he based his request on God's character. right He said, "God?" He said, you're a covenant-keeping God, all right? And this is what your word says, all Right? He mentioned, God, you're great. You're awesome. You're covenant-keeping. You're a God of love who keeps promises, all Right? So he's saying, God, this is why you're going to answer my prayer. And literally, I believe this, that, that the effectiveness of our prayer life is determined by the promises of God that we know. The effectiveness of our prayer life is determined on the promises of God that we know. He comes and he says, look, God, you keep promises. You keep covenant. He's saying this, and then he goes on and he said, this is what you said you would do, right? And we've, I've mentioned this before, there's over 7,400 promises in the Bible. And when we, we grab hold of those by faith, right? God does not do what we feel. God confirms the word. God does the word. Second thing that he did is he confessed sin. Right? He said, who am I? What have I done? He, he's t- he says, he said, well, let me just read here. He says, please let your ear be attentive and your eyes open that you may hear the prayer of your servant, which I pray before you now, day and night. For the children of Israel, your servants, and confess the sins of the children of Israel, which we have sinned against you. Both my father's house and I have sinned. We have acted corruptly against you. We have not kept the covenants, the statutes, nor the ordinances, which you commanded your servant Moses. Now, he says, I've done it. My father's house has done it. Our nation has done it. And I've mentioned this before. But in our thinking, our individualistic society, in our individualistic thinking, we just think about ourselves. But if you look at the Bible, we're responsible not just for ourselves. We're responsible for our family, and we're responsible for our nation. Right? And he's confessing the sins of a nation, his nation. How many of you know our nation has some sins? Right? And biblically, we're the ones who can cry out to God for forgiveness for the sins of our nation. Right? Now, he's confessing national sins that he actually had nothing to do with. He was born in Babylon. He was born in captivity. And the sins that had taken place had actually taken place before he was born. But yet, he's confessing those sins, realizing that there is a connection between him And the people that came before him. And if you don't think so, all you need to do is go to Genesis chapter 3. How many of you know that what Adam and Eve did affected you? It affected you and it affected you big time. It affected me big time. And the truth is that what our parents do and what our nation does has a tremendous effect on us. Again, Matthew 1, for all the generations from Abraham to David are 14 generations. From David to the captivity of Babylon are 14 generations. From the captivity of Babylon to Christ are 14 generations. God thinks generationally. You and I, we just think about ourselves. I'm a rock. I'm an island. But it isn't true. Right? We're connected. And so what he's doing is he's praying. And again, I, would, I would just take you to Genesis chapter 4 where God said to Cain, Where's your brother? And he said, am I my brother's keeper? How many of you know we are? We're connected. We're connected. All right? So <clears throat> our society says I have to do what's best for me. I just have to think about me. All right? I got to do what makes me happy. right? Instead of realizing what you do affects everybody around you. All right? Leaders accept the blame. Losers pass the buck. Leaders accept the blame, but they share the credit. Losers are excusers and accusers. Um, He said, we have sinned against you. And ultimately, every sin is against God. And then he literally, in his prayer, he proclaims the promises of God. Remember, I pray. The word that you commanded your servant Moses saying, if you're unfaithful, I'll scatter you among the nations. But if you return to me and keep my commandments and do them. Though some of you were cast out to the farthest parts of heaven, yet I will gather you from there. I will bring them to the place which I have chosen as a dwelling for my name. He says, you know we are coming back to you. We're praying. You said if we do this, you would bring us back. You know, and again, 7,400 promises and all of those promises are yes and amen. They're yes and amen. So he's putting God in remembrance of his word. And really, that's what faith is faith is confidence that God will do what God said he was going to do. All through the Bible, the the, the people of God, when they pray, they remind God of his promises, they remind God of what he said. It's true about David, it's true about Moses, true about Elijah, true about Abraham, true about the prophets. So we need to know those promises, all right? And when we do, that activates our faith, all right? Prayer transforms God's word into performance, all right? Uh, I heard about a person who had a dream. And in their dream, they were, they were in heaven, and they were in a warehouse, all right? And they... They looked, and this warehouse was just full of all sorts of things. Everything you could think of, this warehouse was full. All of them had tags on them. And he said to the angel, what are these? And he said, well, look at the tag. And he looked at the tag, and it said, never ask for. Never ask for, right? The strength of our prayer life is based on how well we know the promises of God. And the secret of successful prayer is to claim God's promises, right? And be specific. He was specific. He says, you've redeemed by your great power, by your strong hand, right? And then listen to this. Give your servant success today by granting him favor in the presence of this man. Now, this man was the king. Now, he was going to go before the king, and, and we have a hard time thinking about this, but the king had the power of life and death. And the actual rule in the empire was anyone who came into the king's presence sad, they killed you. I kind of like that, don't you? How I many you know, some people, they just show up and they just drain all your energy, all right? Well, the king had it really set up where, it, man, you couldn't come into his presence even sad. And when he comes into his presence and the king says, look, your face is sad, he said, I was very afraid, all right? And I said to the king, and I prayed to God. How many of you know some prayers are short? I mean, he was like, I need it, and I need it right now. All right? So he's coming into this presence of this king who has the power of life and death. And he's really the king's number one guy, and he's asking for a three-year leave of absence. All right? So what does he do? He says, God, give me success today. How many of you have... Never prayed for success. Now, if you've never prayed for success, I want to recommend that you get a job where you can. Right? Get, get, a, get a job where you can. And, and literally, he prays for success. And I believe with all my heart that we should do the same thing. We should pray for success. If you can't ask God for success at what you're doing, do something different. Right? So in his prayer, what he does is he prays a long time. And, and what we're given is just a condensed version of, of what he prayed. And it became very clear. It became very specific as he, as he spent time in prayer. Right? And we see in his prayer his conviction. We see in his prayer his confession of sin. We see his confidence, his faith. He says, God, this is what you said, and this is what I'm asking you to do. All right, and then I just want to close with this thought. Honey, would you come on back up again? He 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 prays, and he is willing to be a part of the answer. Right. He's willing to be a part of the answer, and it's there, there are prayers where it's not possible for you to be a part of the answer. But when you pray a prayer, when you can be a part of the answer, you always need to say, "God, I'm here." Lord, use me. Lord, send me. You know, as in, as in, in leadership, uh, I've taught for years, this is never ask somebody to do something you're not willing to do. Never ask somebody to do something you are not willing to do. And when he prayed, he said, God, I'm willing to be used. And God ended up saying, you know, you're a politician, but I'm going to use you to do my will. And he is one of the greatest heroes of the Old Testament. Again, not a priest, not a prophet, politician. Somebody who had what we would call a secular job. A man of prayer who connected with God, believing what God said.
1: All right. All right. Um, that was an awesome word. I, I look around here. Yeah, I me man. hand. Um, God is good. So good. And you guys are awesome. Thank you for coming and praying and for being faithful and for seeking God and um, and not not wimping out. Um, you know, it's just there's excuses and there's reasons to 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 quit. And um, one of the reasons that I write things down a lot, and I I um, I have a one of the multitude of things verses that I have written. To I stick them on my cupboards and my refrigerator and the bathroom walls and and the doors and <laughs> everywhere around the house, so that um, i can it can catch my attention and I can um, be reminded of what god says and one of my favorites is this where um, from romans four i don 't even remember the verse it was for something um, it 's talking about Abraham and the god it says. I, and I wrote on my tag, I believe in the God who gives life to the dead and calls into existence the things that do not exist. And that is such a, you know, just having that mindset when I go to pray is like, wow, this is the God I'm praying to. The one who calls into existence the things that do not exist, that calls into being that which isn't. And that's who I'm talking to right now. I'm going to pray and we're going to lift up these things to the God who delivered Daniel from the lions that were hungry, kept them from eating him, that delivered Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego from the fiery furnace. This is the God who is for us. This This is the God we're bringing our prayer requests and our needs to, the very same God that split the Red Sea, the total impossible, just took the people right through, Somewhere where nobody could see the way through, and I, yeah, this is exciting anyway, this is the God that we 're praying to and um, and I, there are so many needs and so many directions to go in in um, uh, praying the word we 're going to just keep posting prayers each day that you can use um, and if you 've saved them for last year, we had a lot of you know twenty one days we had twenty one different subjects and and things that we covered in prayer. And you can, I just love taking the word. And I, I do have, like, some of my prayers, you know, I've written them down, inspired from the word, but I forgot to write where I pulled it out of. Um, I, I'm getting better at that, so I make sure and put down um, the references. But, and anyway, the Holy Spirit inspires prayers, and so we'll go with that. And um, we're going to take these prayers and pray um, for the children in our church, the next generation, and lift them up. And, um, and as parents, as teachers, as leaders, we persistently and consistently and earnestly pray for each child in our church, God, in our families, that from the beginning to the very end of their lives, they will be found doing your will, serving and glorifying God with complete devotion and clear conviction. God, we ask you to enable them to stand firm and mature in all the will of God. We pray that our sons and daughters will be led and taught by your truth, for you are the one who saves them. God, may they put their hope in you every single day. God, thank you for setting apart each of our children from the beginning of their lives for the purpose that you have for them and for the calling that you have on them through your grace. We ask today, God, that you will reveal your son in each of our children from the youngest to the older ones. God, we pray that they might be presented to Christ and preach your truth with boldness and confidence every day of their lives. God, we ask that your grace would abound to our young people and our little ones so that they may always have sufficiency in everything and an abundance for every good work at home at school at work at church everywhere they go in everything they do god we pray that the words of their mouth and the meditation of their hearts would be pleasing in your sight oh god may you surround them today with your favor may they be surrounded with songs of deliverance May they be surrounded with unfailing love and mercy. May they be surrounded with your presence. And now we go to 2 Timothy where we pull out some wonderful things to pray again for them. God, we ask that we and our children will know the Holy Scriptures, will know your word, which is able to make us wise through faith in you. Oh God, we ask that our children... Our young people would receive the word of god in all its profit for doctrine for reproof for correction and for instruction in god's ways god and as as elderly people as parents as teachers we ask father that you would increase the hunger in our heart for your word that we would receive your word in all its profit when we do that god we will not lack any good thing so we seek to receive your word in all its profit. We ask that you would make us complete and thoroughly equipped for every good work. We pray that we and our children will be delivered out of every persecution and affliction and continue to make choices in godliness, be empowered by your grace to carefully follow the doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, love, and perseverance of Christ. Make us like Christ. God, we thank you that you are the one that delivers our children and delivers each parent. You deliver us from every evil work and you preserve us for your heavenly kingdom. Stand with us and strengthen us so that your message might be preached through us and that God's plan and purpose for our lives may be accomplished. God, we pray that our young people will have God-pleasing priorities and be lovers of God and of others, that would be humble, obedient, thankful, holy, kind tenderhearted forgiving self-controlled speakers of truth and grace desiring good faithful loyal meek empowered by godliness and that we might always pursue what pleases you in jesus name
0: go ahead keep praying and let us pray with you okay Let's lead us
1: okay like out loud
0: yeah get everybody everybody out loud out, yeah. out loud want to just
1: agree with me <laughs> okay this they don't have printed really up there but you can we're going to pray for the church here So follow after me. God, we pray that there not be among us man, woman, family, or tribe. That was kind of long. (laughs) Whose heart turns away from God. That there may not be among us any root bearing bitterness. That no one would deceive themselves in their heart by saying, I can have peace, though I follow the dictates of my heart. We seek you for peace. We thank you for giving us favor within this community. Add to our church daily those who are being saved. We pray for each member of this church to understand how they fit into the body so you can knit and join us together and we can all have an active part and cause the body to grow. Daily sanctify us. Cleanse us with the washing of water by the word to make us your glorious church without spot or wrinkle, making us holy and without blemish. God, fill each member with your Holy Spirit that we might all know the things that have been freely given to us us. and and be empowered to be bold witnesses in our community.
0: Our community.
1: We put a hedge of protection around this church.
0: We put a hedge of protection around this church.
1: Around every, department,
0: around every department, around
1: every outreach ministry,
0: every outreach ministry,
1: every staff,
0: every staff,
1: and volunteer, and volunteer, and every member of the congregation,
0: every member of the congregation.
1: Against every fiery dart of Satan.
0: Against every fiery dart of Satan.
1: By the blood of the Lamb and the Word of our testimony.
0: By the blood of the Lamb and the Word of our testimony. We overcome the devil. We overcome the devil. Amen. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hey, Every head bowed, every eye closed for just a moment. If you're here but you're not right with God, you're away from the Lord, or you've never given your life to Him, and you say, I'm hungry for God. I want to come home. I want to get right. I want to be forgiven. I want the good life, the abundant life. Jesus said that, He came to give me. If that's you, I'm going to count to three in just a moment. I want you to lift your hand. and We're going to pray together. God's going to meet you right here in this place. And you're going to leave forgiven, right with God, on your way to heaven. Now, Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. And no one can come to the Father except through me. That means that all of my efforts will never make me right with God. And all of your efforts will never make you right with God. There's just one way, and that's Jesus. And as you lift your hand, the first thing you're saying to God is, God, I know that I'm a sinner, and I need a Savior. And I understand there's only one Savior, and that's Jesus. And I'm coming to him today to be saved and to be forgiven. One. You lift your hand, you're saying, God, I understand that I need to turn my back on my old life, and that's what I'm going to do. I'm not going to live for myself anymore. I'm going to live for Jesus every day. Two, now get ready. As you lift your hand, you're saying, God, today I'm going to receive Jesus. I'm going to pray. He's going to come into my heart. He's going to blood wash me from my sin. He's going to make me a new person on the inside, a part of your family on my way to heaven. Three, lift that hand up right now. Lift it up. Say, pray with me. I'm not right. Thank you. I see that hand. Are there others. Thank you. God bless you. and God bless you. Somebody else. Include me. Not where it should be. In the back. Two more hands back there. Thank you. All right. Another hand there. Okay. Would everybody please stand for just a moment? Now, if you lifted your hand, would you look right at me? Would you please move to the aisle that's nearest you? Grab the person you're with, whatever you brought, a Bible, a a coat, whatever you need. But make your way right here. We're going to pray, and God is going to meet you right here. We're going to say amen in just a moment. When we say amen... You're going to be right with God. Your past is going to be gone. You're going to be a part of the kingdom. He's going to make you brand new on the inside. This is your day. Awesome. Come right down. Romans chapter 10. One of the greatest promises in the Bible. Romans 10, 13. All right. It says that whosoever, this means you, this, all you, you pray this prayer from your heart and this is going to work every time. Whosoever will call on the name of the Lord will be saved. And we're going to call on his name the way the Bible shows us to God's promise is when we say, amen, you're going to be forgiven. You're going to be right with God. You are going to be forgiven, saved on your way to heaven so everybody would you just take one hand put it over your your heart lift your other hand towards heaven and let's pray together with them say oh God I believe Jesus died on the cross I believe his blood paid for my sins and I believe that he rose again I receive him today as my savior and my Lord I'm going to live for him every day Thank you for blood washing me from my sin. That my past is gone. That I am your child. A part of your family. On my way to heaven. In Jesus' name. Amen. Awesome. 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 Thank you for listening to this series. For more information, call 616-534-4923 or visit us at reslife.org.